Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it, you should go over and start using it now. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. All right, guys. Welcome back. Uh, EYL, we got a very special edition yeah. that I'm excited to. I'm always excited about our episodes, but some episodes I get a little bit more excited Especially about. Especially when others. it's like a learning episode. Like, we all going to learn today. Yeah. Everybody going to learn. For sure, for sure. So, before we start, um, we got to let you guys know an update to our grand weekend in D.C. So, if you follow our leads, you know that we're doing a D.C. takeover December 7th and December 8th. Mm-hmm. And we're doing a workshop on December 7th. We're doing mobile home investing with Mobile Home Elite. Yep. We're doing stock investing with Wall Street Trapper. And we added real estate, too, with Rashana Scott. Shout out to Rashana Scott. Shout out Yeah, and that's going to be She's on. Dope. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to yeah, be yeah. how to invest in real estate on other people's money. So, it's three three different uh, subjects. All wrapped in one workshop. That's at Tough Golf. It's going to be catered. Information is on our website yeah. under the events tab, earnyourleisure.com. And um, you can go there and check it out. And we're so, going to be in D.C. all weekend, too. So Saturday night we'll be out. And then right before the game, we're going to do a little little uh, networking happy hour for the two people out of town. Yeah, so check us out in D.C. for sure. So, all right. I'll jump right into it. Um, we have an esteemed guest that people have been asking us about. One thing about the earners, <laughs> as we like to call our supporters, is oh, that they don't play. They don't. When they want to see somebody, they're like, they're on it. They're like very, very yeah. aggressive <laughs> about it. And um, they've been asking, actually today, they're like, you need to get Max Maxwell on the podcast. Yeah. I'm like, all right, man. It's like, crazy. I'm going to send you a message you. after this, man. Like, so okay. you've, been, you've been highly requested. <laughs> That's dope, You've man. That's crazy. Yourself. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and what's crazy is, is I listened to this podcast for a long time. That's probably yeah, that's a, that's, that's humbling. That's <laughs> humbling. That's humbling. Like that's dope that you actually check us out. I yeah, for, oh, like wow. day one. Like, yeah, you knew the yeah, original the early, episodes. Early episodes. Yeah. yeah. So, so my man Max Maxwell, he has a very um, interesting, intriguing story. I like people with, with good stories too. Um, so, if you're not familiar. Wholesaling is, is something that we haven't covered when it comes to real estate. Real estate is vast, and there's a lot of different ways to make money in real estate. You can buy and hold, you can flip, um, you can rehab. There's a lot of different ways to make money. But wholesaling is, is an intriguing way to uh, make money in real estate because um, you don't really have to have any money to mm-hmm, start in mm-hmm. wholesaling. And um, it's relatively a low barrier of entry. It's work involved. Right. But it's, it's a, like a lot of times we, we stop people from getting involved in real estate because they don't have enough money. Right, but wholesaling, there's really no excuse for that because you, yeah. don't, you don't need any money. I think Max's biggest quote is it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely simple. And I think every topic that you guys have covered in real estate before, wholesaling is the foundation of all of those investing methods. Like nobody buys a rental property at the actual price. Mm. You can't buy a flip for more than it's worth. 
Right. Right. So you can't do a rehab and have more money in it than it's actually worth. So you got to be involved. Every single one of those properties that was bought was bought from a wholesaler. Yeah. So I'll give you the quick rundown. Um, in three years, it's a very quick rise to, to prominence. Um, <laughs> so Max is an interesting guy. So first, first of all, um, he's a, a veteran. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Cool. Thank you for your uh, service. A war sir. veteran. He's a war veteran with the Air Force. Um, he also, I just found out, is dyslexic. Yeah. Which is, that's, that's an interesting conversation that I hope we can have as well. And um, he was dead broke at one point, not too long ago. <laughs> negative, not too long ago. Negative, I can still taste it. Negative, <laughs> negative $438 Listen, in his bank account. Bank America, please forgive him. So now he runs a multi-million dollar operation. Um, he has 14 staff members. Yeah, 14. Just got office space. Yeah, we just got 8,000 square feet. 8,000 square feet. Yeah, don't let that go over your head, um, please. A bunch of different companies under your umbrella. Mm-hmm. You do public speaking. You do you got your YouTube popping. You got your real estate company popping. You got a bunch of different things going on. Got his own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> podcast. And he's yeah. a pilot, too. And he's a yeah, pilot. I love wait, wait, wait. Bigger than that. He's Jamaican. Yeah. Oh, Trump's all in Come, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here. Shout out Curry to Jamaica, chicken, man. I cook. We, we, we just hit number one in Jamaica. Everybody knows Troy's Jamaican. So uh, anytime we get a guest that's Jamaican, which we've had a lot of Jamaican guests, actually. No um, coincidence. No coincidence. <laughs> no coincidence. So first and foremost, um, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate man, it. I appreciate it being here. Like, it's, it's like, I do a lot of podcasts. Um, you know, it's part of my job, but like, Coming here was I was I flew to New York just for this. Wow! So like I've been a fan. Like it's not too many podcasts I've gone that I'm actually excited to be. You know, (laughs) oh man, it's got cool though. This is this is gonna be great. This is gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. All right. So can you tell us how you got into wholesaling? Because as you said off camera to us, um, you said you got in because you was broke. You needed to make some money. (laughs) Yeah. Realistically, right? So how did that path go from you? Cause you, I know you went to the military at seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like fresh out of high school. Yes, yeah, like a couple of days, a couple months, couple of weeks after graduation. But graduating. Yeah, high school. I would graduate like May something, and then I was gone by July. Mm. How long were you in the military? Four years active, four years guard. Okay. So what was the path from that, and then coming back home, and then going into wholesaling? Like- when I got out from my active duty, um, I actually got my real estate license, and. Um, it was one of the f- the last times in the state of North Carolina where you can get you where you can go to sell school and broker school back to back, and then get your brokerage license, mm-hmm. which means you can actually open up your own office. Now I didn't do that straight away. I went to go work for Allen Tate, which is one of the largest independent firms in North Carolina, and then after a year, I decided I didn't want to drive people around on Sundays, and 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 like <laughs> showing my house that they never was gonna buy. So then I opened up my own brokerage called uh, Infinity Property Management and Investment. And I started working with uh, an investor. Uh, a $13 million portfolio landed in my lap one day dealing with a mortgage broker. His friend had this large, and he was tired of the, the property managers he had. So I, I got that account, and it was like 85, 90% of my business. Like mm. I depended on that to eat. Mm. You know, at, at least what I thought was money back then. And then, you know, 2008 happened. And, but before that, the guy started selling his properties off. Mm. And so he's seen something. I don't know what he's seen, but lucky to him, he's seen it. And then I was out of business. And uh, that's when I moved to California. My cousin, which is uh, from, he's actually from Rye, from from uh, Mount Vernon area. Edson yeah, so he, he, he was playing soccer in uh, L.A. Galaxy. And um, I, I'm going to move with him in L.A. and just lived out there for a little while. And then I got a job in marketing. But it was a traveling job. So I did that for a while, for three years. And they got another job marketing, doing experiential marketing, which is basically like, um, you know, we were in charge of activations for big brands. Like when Verizon would partner with the NFL, we would be in charge of setting up that campaign and making sure it went well. Mm -hmm. So big, big, multi-billion dollar companies. But I was dissatisfied. You know what I'm saying? Like you just don't have the hustle. And in between that, I did a lot of things. Like I started a lot of stuff. My dad had a restaurant. Um... I had a restaurant in Maine at one point, which was just Maine. You know, I, yeah, <laughs> that's where I met uh, Dave's brother. Dave's my, my my like he runs all my media, my camera and stuff. And so I've known Dave for like ten years, but you know, um, you know, and it wasn't I didn't put money in. It was a sweat equity. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a failing restaurant that I met somebody and was like, yo, I can flip this. Give me an opportunity, and we did that. Um, 
it worked, but then I didn't really get what I was supposed to get out of it. And then, um, you know, did my corporate job doing marketing and decided that I wanted to solve a problem inside of the marketing world, which is create an app called FASTBA, F-A-S-T-B-A, which means Fast Brand Ambassador. So with us doing all those activations for big companies, we would hire people um, uh, to do, like, I don't know if you ever went to like the state fair and like you see Pepsi there mm-hmm. and all these cute girls got Pepsi shirts on. Right. But they don't work for Pepsi. Mm-hmm. We hired them off Craigslist and Facebook <laughs> groups, right? So they're making like $20 an hour though, right? Yeah. So it was the, what happened was you have an $11 million contract and you're hiring $20, $25 hour staff off Craigslist. That don't make sense. So I decided to come up with an app that allowed them to, um, for all the brand ambassadors to sign up and whenever a job was available in your area, you can apply right there and you have ratings and blah, 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 and all that stuff, right? Anyways, I didn't get the right investors. We ran out of money. Here I am, flat broke. How old were you? I was uh, just 30. Okay. Okay. Flat broke. But you know, at 30, you know, that transition from the 20s to the 30s is a big deal. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're like, an old yo, man at this yeah. point. It's like life is closing B- in on me. Yeah. <laughs> B.I.G. once said, being broke at 30. <laughs> chill. Yeah. Yeah. When you broke at 30, that's serious. You broke no. at 25. Nah, you, you, got you got time. You got time. 30 is serious. Yeah, it's, like, it's what Pac said, too. It's like a man's greatest time to create is between 25 and 30. If he yeah. doesn't create about 30, it's going to be yeah. tough. But but I defeated all that. That's a lie. That's, That's a lie. Living proof here. Yeah, because at at 30 now these days, you really just know what's going on. Just getting you're started. You're just figuring it out. Yeah. You just, you, all your failures now equals up to what should be like who you are. Right. So at that point, I'm, I am I have to move back home, right? I got a Jamaican mother coming <laughs> back home. Like was really it? back home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back, like I had, I had to move back with my mother. And I'll be honest, it wasn't that hard, right? Because your mom always wants you around. Of course. That's, right? That's the same thing, Alex. <laughs> Shout out to Alex Yo, Kalaloo, Dumpling, and Sawfish. Oh, are kidding me? Oh, we getting that every I Sunday. I probably put on 30 pounds. We're getting <laughs> that every Sunday. Dumplings is fried or boiled? Uh, so I, I like fried. I ain't okay. gonna lie. Okay. But okay. I'll take one or two on the side. Okay, okay. Get your green you know bananas, too. Always. And sweet blends. <laughs> but, um, you know, for, for me, moving back home was kind of depressing. You know, you I've been I've been out since I was seventeen. So you're talking about twelve, thirteen years. I've I've been independent. Mm-hmm. Um, so move, having to move back home not really conducive to having a girlfriend because you live home with your mom. Yeah, no, yeah. No, nobody's coming back. Home. That's yeah. You're not. You're not. Why go to the club? Yeah. Nobody's coming with you. Why, why you know? I'm not going out. You're not going nowhere. You, you, you can't come home. Right. You can't come back with me. That's a fact. And to top that off, I had a 2004 Volkswagen Jetta Ooh. that had a bad starter. You know, so you got to hit the starter with the hammer and all that stuff like that. So it's just like a bad time <laughs> in my life, man. You know, that's funny. Got to go through it. And you go through Winston-Salem, right? Yeah. So it's a bad time in my life. And then, you know, a friend of mine, uh, somebody I knew from younger days, his dad, you know, was, was always rich. And we kind of knew that. We didn't know why. So I was like, Yo, your dad's rich. He's like, I think so. So we're going to talk to his dad. <laughs> And his dad was like, yo. What gave it away? Yeah, he, his dad was like, you know, he, he, for some reason we went to his house and he had a whole PowerPoint presentation ready. I don't know if he knew we were coming, but come to find out he just loved to teach. Mm. So he hit us with game. Then he said the word wholesaling. And me with my short attention span and, you know, uh, being dyslexic and not really, you know, just not being a really a good student. I Once he said wholesaling, I just locked in. I typed it in my notes and I didn't hear nothing else he said for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. It was probably an hour. And I went home. I went back home and I locked myself in my room for three weeks. And I Googled wholesale and real estate. And I mean, it was just like Pandora's box just opened. Mm-hmm. And you just started seeing people and seeing how easy it was and talking about driving for dollars and contracts. And, and I had some real estate knowledge, so I wasn't completely brand new to the real estate. Yeah. Like, it was just easy. So, so even you at this point, the wholesaling was a, a new concept or was something brand new, were, brand new concept, a brand new concept. Like I've heard it before as a realtor, but you, you think it's fake. Okay. You think it's like uh, a scam. scam. Exactly. Cause it don't sound like scamish, but, um, I ended up locking myself in my room for three weeks, listening to podcasts, like the goats, like, you know, Sean Terry and all these guys. And, 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 three weeks later I went driving in my old neighborhood that I moved from Port Chester to, Salem Woods in North Carolina, and on the same street I grew up on was a house on a corner that was had tall bushes, tall grass, and from there I contacted the owner, 
and uh, like a week or two later, I made fourteen thousand. Mm. Port Chester, New York. No, well, I moved from Port Chester okay. in, in, to, to North Carolina. Okay, oh, yeah. okay, the house. Okay, okay, got you. And um, that fourteen thousand was like was like you couldn't tell me it wasn't a million dollars, right? Right? Because like, I yeah. mean, from having negative money in your like, and when I went to drive, let me tell you, I remember this. On Peacehaven Road and Country Club Road, there's a Shell gas station. I put my card in, hoping they would accept it. And you know how I draw off one dollar? <laughs> well, you know, was, I, I fill that tank up with that one dollar. Then you, because it just keeps going. And you know, you got to pay the overcharge fee. And um, I was like, that's it. At that point, I, that was really all the money I had. And I knew the bank wasn't going to let me use that card anymore. And, and I found that house. And just going and going and going, and then I got the deal closed. And and it's simply what like wholesaling is: is you find distressed properties mm -hmm. and you put them under contract with a with a purchasing agreement, and you agree to purchase it at a certain price. Well, now you have this thing called equitable interest. We're a common law country, right? So now you have an equitable interest in this real estate. So nothing can happen to that, or that property can't be sold until your contract expires. So what you can do is you can actually close on that property if you got the money because you negotiated down to a good rate. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, the house that I did was, was worth 125000 and I got it on a contract for 32000 Wow. But oh. it, needed, it needed work though. <laughs> okay. Don't get me, it was twisted. Like people left, it, was, it needed a full rehab. But there was enough room for somebody to do the rehab and still make money. Okay. It just wasn't me because I had negative $400. So I didn't have it. So when I learned that you can assign your rights to that contract that you negotiated for a fee, right. that's what the game was. So you're going, you're going to find somebody that can buy it. Yeah, so I put it on Facebook Marketplace. I didn't know nobody. <laughs> I didn't talk to no rich people then. <laughs> Use your resources. So um, that weekend, that same weekend I got it, somebody agreed to buy it for $14,000 more than I had it on a contract for. So, all right. So in the next time we're going to break down wholesaling, but before we even go into mm -hmm. like the details of wholesaling, just to kind of get people like me who are slow learners, <laughs> a, a quick overview of wholesaling. So wholesaling, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. is I go down the street and I see a property, right? Yep. Now I can draw up a contract and be the owner of that property without actually owning that property? So you won't you won't actually own it, but you will have what they call equitable interest. Okay. So you agree with that homeowner to buy the property. Let's just say a house down the street for 30,000, mm -hmm. okay. right? You agree it's worth 150, but it needs a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And the person is like, "Yo, I inherited this home and it used to be a rental property, but you know whatever. You put it under contract for a certain deep discounted price." And with that contract you now have that says expires, let's just say end of November, mm -hmm. you now have equitable interest in that property until that time expires. And then you sell that to Int somebody else. Yeah. You so you, you in that time frame, you got, let's say it's the end of November, you're giving yourself at least 14 days to find somebody? Yeah. Got you. So, all right, 30000 Now you try and sell it for 50000 Whatever extra you can get for it. Okay. And what the difference is what you make? Yeah, on the on the, okay. the difference is what you. So make. if it was fifty, then you made twenty thousand on that deal. Correct. And if you can't sell it, it just expires. It expires. There's a little bit more we can get into more detail uh, of what you can do if you can't sell it. But okay. yeah, but you're not technically on the hook for like paying thirty thousand off. No, not if you do it the correct way. Now there's an ethical way to do anything, and there's an unethical way to do anything, <laughs> right? So I'm going to tell you how to do the ethical way of how to how to get it on a contract the correct way. All right, all right. So in the next segment, we're going to go into everything you need to know about wholesaling real estate. It's going to get deep. All right. So now we're going to go into some, um, all right, wholesaling 101, right? So it's a couple of things that I had um, looked at in, in preparing for this interview. Um, so when identifying your market, right? So I saw you even talked about it as far as like your, your zip code. Yeah, right? that granular. Um, all right. So I guess for somebody that wants to get involved in wholesaling and they're, they're just getting started, like how you just got started, you have to formulate a game plan before you do anything in life, yeah. right? So I guess the first game plan is understanding your neighborhood. Is that correct? Yeah. So understanding like your area, your city. And like every city has what they call gentrification, mm -hmm. right? Like you, what happens is you're, you, you have neighborhoods that are going to transition into mid-class likeness. That's what gentrification is. Mm. So that's going to happen all the time. Um, whether you're a part of it or not is up to you. 
So essentially what happens is you need to know what part of your city is up and coming. That's all it means. And once you find out that part, whether you can do visually, like driving around because you know your city, you've been there since you were a kid, or you can use technology, which we use ListSource and do a free method of finding this, mm -hmm. um, you can then find what zip codes are hot. And how they do it is they say, all right, how many cash transactions has happened in this county? And then we break it down by zip code. And then the ones that have the most cash transactions, that means somebody's buying these properties. Follow cash. the money. Cash transactions, like somebody's buying a home in cash. Cash, cash. yeah. yeah. So, and so by doing that, you know if more people are buying homes in cash, more affluent people are moving into neighborhoods. Yeah, because what happens is when somebody buys a house in cash, more than like there's no finance involved, that means it needs a flip, mm -hmm. right? So because you can't really buy a flip property with bank financing, right? They won't, they won't, they won't, in, they won't loan you money on something that needs work. The bank is never going to take an upside down position on anything. So what's what's the app called? Lipsource. List list source. List source. Yeah, and I have a video. Like it goes more into detail, yeah, but okay. it, it, list sources of things that gives you list of anything kind of you want about people, right? But you can find out the hot properties or the hot zip codes on this way we find out how to. Yeah. Do Once you've mastered your area, one of the big things that you talk about is driving for dollars. Yeah. Can you talk about that technique and, and the intricacies of that? That's how I got my first deal, was driving for dollars. And that just basically means you're driving around um, looking for distressed property, physically distressed, mm -hmm. right? And the, these Shackles are things. hanging. Yeah, it could be like your gutters are hanging down. Nope, somebody hasn't cut the grass. Um, the bushes are high. Old junky cars in the driveway that haven't moved. Now, what happens is we see these every day. Right. But your mind has already been trained to block these out. I know if you untrained yourself and and and, and looked actually looked, yeah. you'll see houses. You be yo, that house been there for ten years. I ain't nobody ever looked at that. Because our eyes are really trained to see like yo, that's the nicest house on the block. Correct. And you go past the ugliness. It's just the way we yeah. way we look. No, at I things. mean even as a kid, I remember being on a school bus, and you could always tell like that house is the worst house in the neighborhood. Yeah. They never cut the grass. They never the paint's always chipped. Mm -hmm. But growing up, you just thinking the people don't care about their home. Yeah. You're they not thinking that. Maybe nobody lives there. Yeah. Correct. Maybe it's a distressed property. <laughs> Correct. So once you find that distressed property, you need to find the owner. Mm. And uh, so uh, my buddy Dave Letko created an app called Deal Machine, which allows you to drive around, take a picture of the property, and it pinpoints it. And it, it actually will send a postcard to the owner asking if they want to sell that. On house. your behalf. On your behalf for you. It's, called, it's called Deal Machine? Yeah, with your, with your number on it. Wow. So you can customize this postcard. So, but that that's like fairly new technology. When I started, they didn't have that. We had to go around taking screenshots of drop pin drops yeah. on like Apple Maps or something like that, and then go back home and search who owns it. So we got we got the the property and we're driving for dollars. Mm -hmm. And then you had something called skip tracing. Yeah, so that's important. So skip tracing, essentially, where that word skip tracing came from. So I used to be a bounty bounty hunter, a bail bondsman. Really? Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah. So that's one of like my dog, like dog, I, I got like a lot dog, of them, right? Dog and bounty hunter? I was better than dog. I just said I had a TV show. Oh, for real? Yo, this yeah. guy, is, this so, guy does it all. So skip tracing means that you're skipping a trick. You're, you're, you're tracing a skip. Essentially what that means is somebody who does not go to court is considered a skip. Mm -hmm. And you need to trace them down. So that's where the word comes from. Right. But now we're not really dealing with that. We're dealing with people that, that own houses and we can't find them. So essentially what happens is you find a house with the tall grass, you take a picture of it, you write down the address, you need to know who owns it. So you go on the, 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 the county records. Every single property in America is owned by somebody or something, mm -hmm. right? So in, in every county, there's a tax assessor's website, right? So I can look up to own, who owns any house in America. So you go to that county's website. So here, I think it'd be Westchester County Tax Assessors, mm -hmm. right? And then you would put in the address of the property and it would say, oh, this person owns that property. Now I need to get a hold of that person. So skip tracing is where you put that person's name and mailing address into the system and yeah. it's gonna spit out the numbers that, that, are, that this person has. Like Cell phone numbers. Like Cell phone numbers? Yeah, yeah. Wow. What's it called? Skip tracing? Skip tracing. Dot com? Uh, R-E-I R-E-I skip. And that's yours. Yeah. So that was part of that was, <laughs> that was part of how I got big big because <laughs> I knew because of my old background of yeah. skip tracing humans, it's the same thing. I gotta skip trace humans, but now I have their name and their address. Did you get this from military training? Like No, it was just something that we developed as bounty hunters. 
Mm. So you flipped it because before you were looking for people that you actually had to arrest. Yeah. And flipped it into a now I'm looking for the person that owns this house. Simple. I need your number. I'm calling you up. That's it. When, off topic a little bit. When, when were you a bounty hunter? <laughs> when were you going to tell us about this? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I got just, mad. You I got 10. I got 10 to 12. I used to have a car lot. I used to have all types of stuff, man. I was a bounty hunter in between while building that app and getting in the, in the real estate. Wow. Yeah, in North and Carolina? it actually traveled into like I'm still licensed in North Carolina. Yeah, I'm still licensed Yo. at Bounty here because tree I get jobs. I get, yeah, tree you jobs. know already. You know already. <laughs> so because because I I, <laughs> I had to have I'm still a licensed bounty hunter and I'm still licensed bonds because I get access to data most people don't get. I get the same data the cops get. And you and you've leveraged it. Yeah, I leveraged that small. You know, license into me. Now, you know what thing I like? Because, like, I, a lot of our guests have similar stories where they've had troubling times and they had to, like, figure things out. And then mm-hmm. a lot of our guests have similar stories where they they use things in their past to help them. Like, John, you ever heard John Henry? Yeah, of course. So, John, John Henry, Henry, shout out to John. He was, ta- he, you know, his story, he was a um, doorman. A doorman at the and hotel, he, yeah. And he yeah. came up and um, he started a million dollar uh, cleaning business, but his marketing plan was to go to other doormen. And get them to refer their residents. He paid them. But long story short, he was saying like he can't call himself a genius for that because that's what he knew. <laughs> he knew the doorman industry because he was a doorman. Yeah. Like you were a bounty hunter, but it's like you 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 knew like I can get people's information from this. Now I'm in real estate. How can I commingle this yeah. and actually make it all work? And that's why your failures are your biggest successes because it that failure taught made me make millions. Mm. You know, it just put me on it, it put me in a different category. And that's important for people to understand too, because a lot of times Everybody's doing something. And even like your path to success might be totally different from what you're currently doing, but you can still use what you did in the past in some capacity to help your success in the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So now we got that. We got the address. How do we get the property under contract? So you're going to call a person and you simply going to have a conversation. A lot of people, this is where a lot of people fall short. People hate talking to people that they don't know. Mm. Elevator script. Yeah. So you. So we've developed a lot of scripts over the time, but it's real simple. Immediately, you need to identify who you are. Hey, my name is Max. I'm a local real estate investor. Right? That puts their guards down. But if somebody calls you and says, hey... Um, you have a moment of your time. Yeah. Done. I'm hanging up. You ain't even getting past that. Especially in New York, you're yeah, not getting oh, no. past that at all. You might even get a pickup. Banging on you. Yeah. <laughs> so then somebody's intrigued. Okay, well, you're a real estate investor. Um... I was going past the property down on 123 Main Street, and I think you may own it. I was wondering if you were interested in even selling it at all. That's simple. You're going to get yes, no, or maybe. Mm. Or you're going to, a lot of FUs in between there, right? <laughs> so, or, or you got the wrong number, right? Well do, you, well, do you know who owns that property? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I own that property. Uh, okay, well, great. Are you thinking about selling it? Well, I got it from my mom, and I actually live in the city now. And, you know, I don't, it's, it's needs some work and I really don't have, you know, the time and I don't want to keep paying the taxes. Okay, well, I'm a real estate investor. I actually specialize in buying properties like this. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested in the cash offer? Actually, I would be. And then that's when you start that negotiation. Mm. Well, great. Well, what type of, what, what number were you looking for? You know, what can I give you cash that would just make you walk away from it? And that starts, that's called anchoring. Yeah. Yeah, giving somebody that making somebody give you a, a price to anchor themselves on, and that doesn't happen just in you know a lot of people think that can't happen in affluent neighborhoods, but you said all the time, absolutely. That's yeah, what you should be looking. Yeah, I mean, for us in the south, like a, a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house is a nice neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? So I, I own a couple of those, right? Off of people that you know just it happens a lot. People inherit things that they don't want. I mean, not in our culture, but there's a lot where people like really will inherit a quarter million dollar house with some acreage and be like, yo, I live in Denver. I don't want to go back to mom's house. I remember having Christmas there in 93. I don't want to. I'm not trying to go back. I'm not trying to go back. So things like that. And then just there's so many different ways why people don't want a house. It's like a car. But no, it's when, pretty common. Like you said, not in our community. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Never happens. <laughs> but, uh, it's pretty common in other communities, for sure. And you, you'll be surprised. But you know, actually, it happens more than we actually think in our community. We just don't realize. You know, like, it, because it's, it's considered a hood. So mm-hmm. you don't want yeah. grandma's house. That's true. That, right. that, that, That's true. That, and you just let it go for tax delinquent. That's true. And then somebody like me comes and buys it for $10,000. Yeah. So as a wholesaler, the person... Um, you're always offering cash offers. It's always have to be cash offers. Yeah, because no bank is gonna finance no that. Gonna yeah, finance so it. you gotta go find somebody else that's in the business 
of flipping properties. So we're talking private or hard money loans? Uh, typically, yeah, pr they can have access to private or hard money loans. Uh, private is through relationships. Hard money is going to be through your resume, essentially, okay. right? Yeah. You know, you flip seven houses this year. Of course, we'll loan you money because okay. you know what you're doing. Private money is based off of, yo, I know you. You got some money sitting in your IRA and you want to put it to work. Um, but, yeah, you want to find that person that makes his money through flipping. You know, one thing I understand is that people have money. They got to spend it. Right, so mm -hmm. it depends just where you at on that food chain. Yeah, and people that have money always want to make more money. That's how they live. Yeah, yeah. they in the I quadrant of their lives. So we got now we got the contract. Mm -hmm. Now we got to get to the closing. Well, yeah. before the before the closing. Oh, okay. So um, I had a question. All right. So cold calling is essentially is cold calling when yeah. you people are because very few people understand cold calling. Yeah, I've done cold calling before. And I don't, I, I don't like it. <laughs> Nobody, I don't like it. A lot of people don't. So, but I can see how this can stop people from actually moving forward, mm -hmm. right? This is a big thing. Yeah, it's it not, is. if you don't, if you've never done it before, you can't fully appreciate. Mm -hmm. It's like one of the most nerve wracking things you can do. Like literally, you're like, you make up every excuse in the world not to cold call. Like you're like walking around the neighborhood, you get lunch, <laughs> you say it's too early. It's too late. It's too now. late. <laughs> I'll call tomorrow. You make all kinds of excuses. Um, so, how do you because you have to either that or you're knocking on somebody's door every com every deal ends on the phone every single deal you do whether you like it or not is going to end up on the phone at some point in time so like what do you tell people to like ease their nerves to cold call one thing we do is we give them scripts right? oh they have to so, make it up yeah so I'm going to give you your scripts and then I'm going to give you most common rebuttals mm. so that you can have an answer right so like if, if like if you go to your, if you're gonna ask your mom and you always know what she's gonna say, it's more easy for you to ask a question because you already got the answer because you know her response. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. Like when you go talk to these strangers, these people you don't know, you're gonna, you, you're gonna, they got three answers or three or four different answers they're gonna give you, and you need to be able to rebuttal those things. You know what got me over my fear of cold calling too? Personally, I still don't do a lot of cold calling, but it just got me out of my because I, I had, I was terrified by yeah. it. I had this, I had to sit down and say, "Am I going to die?" <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, huh. If you're not gonna die, it's it's not that bad. Did you make money from cold calls ever? I have. Yeah, I have. And at the end of the day, the worst nobody they don't know you, and the worst they can say is no. Or cuss you out. Who cares? We're gonna move on to the next call. Yeah, it's just they don't know you. Yeah, yeah. Just keep going, keep moving. You get cussed out in the subway here all the time anyway, <laughs> yeah. so that should be normal. Don't take it personal. Yeah. Don't take it personal. If it's not gonna kill you, it's not that serious. It's That's how I look at it. So what is the Maximum allowable offer. So the, the, the MOA is the maximum amount of money that you can offer on this property and still make a profit. So I'll break it down. So like if a house is worth $100,000 mm -hmm. fixed up, right? We, we, did, we found that out by doing comparable properties. We've seen that the house down the street sold for 100000 very similar square footage, bedrooms and bath. The house up there sold for ninety eight. So now we're in that hundred thousand dollar range. So we know that the flipper is gonna fix this and sell it for a hundred thousand. So let's just say a hundred thousand dollars. Now in my market, it's it's lukewarm. It's not like an LA or a Phoenix or or New York where you know properties go above and beyond asking price a bunch, right? So we take off, we minus thirty percent from the actual ARV, the after repair value of the property. Right, so now if you did that, a hundred thousand minus thirty percent, you're at seventy, 70 grand. Yep. And let's just say you walk that house and you went in there and you think it needs twenty thousand dollars, twenty five thousand dollars, and just say twenty thousand, twenty thousand in repairs. So you know that this flipper is going to spend twenty thousand to get it to the point where he can actually put it on the market for a hundred. Mm -hmm. So you're going to deduct that. So we went from hundred to seventy oh, yeah, minus 50. repairs. Now we at fifty. So if you actually buy this property at $50,000 right now, it's actually a good deal for the flipper. But you ain't made no money yet, right? As a wholesaler. As a wholesaler, you didn't get that. Right, so if, if, if the flipper himself knocked on this door, talked to him, he'd be able to buy at 50. But you need to make some money, so you need to throw a, a pad or a buffer in there. So you need to be offering, if you want to make 10,000, your offer needs, your maximum allowable offer needs to be 40,000. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to sell your contract for 50, 40 for the 40 that they got to buy the house, 10 for your assignment, 
total of 50, right? Now we're back where the where the, the flipper's gonna make some money. But you if you want it at 40, you're never gonna offer 40. Mm. You're gonna offer below that. 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you deliver 30. So typically 15% below of what you want is where you wanna be at. So that you do that, you put you around 36, $34,000. Gotta have the wind built in. Exactly. Wind built in. And you never know, they might take 30. You never know. Yeah, right, you can come up with 20. So let me ask you this, because essentially, um, it's like a middleman situation, right? This whole world is about middle. middle most richest companies in the world are middlemen. True. Amazon, Walmart. True. You, Uber. Airbnb. Airbnb. They don't own anything. They're middlemen. Amazon's a logistic company. They yeah. don't make products. They house products that other people make, and you buy them. They have a and cloud storage. Yeah. yeah De- car much. dealerships. You can't buy a car in America without going through a dealership. They're middlemen. They don't make the car. They're middle. They're middlemen. Middlemen make the most money in America. You got to solve a problem with convenience. True. This is true. So, that's true. <laughs> but my so my question is, my question is, all right. But why not? Why is it more appealing, in your opinion, to be on that side of it as opposed to just buying it, like just being an investor? Yeah. Is more risk involved being an investor? It's a lot more risk. More involved. money involved too, right? More risk and more more risk. More money, but do you want a a um, a fast nickel or a slow dime? Depends on your business model. Mm. I see. I so I see this a lot. I see where wholesalers think it's a negative connotation to the name, and they want to be flippers. And then I see flippers looking at wholesalers and wanting to be wholesalers. So they see the profit margins higher. The risk versus reward. Mm. Now, could Amazon make every single product they have in the store? Absolutely. Do they want to take that risk of holding inventory that they own? For what? Mm. Mm. A fast nickel or a mm. slow dime. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. So if we're doing this, uh, if we're wholesaling mm-hmm. as a side thing, right? Yeah. How much did you, st- how many properties do you think we have to do before it becomes a full-time yeah. situation? I, it, it depends, right? Everybody has their free, mm-hmm. their freedom mark. You know, I, I always used to say if I made six figures, I'd be great. Right. Right. That's, we know that's not until you money. made six figures. Made six figures <laughs> a month. And so, like, it's not. It's. It just depends where you want to be at. Right. Now, some people love their job. So, like, I, I've spoken to school teachers. They love their job. They right. love. They're passionate about what they do. But if they can get one property a month and make an extra ten grand a month, they'll stop teaching. No, they're gonna keep teaching. <laughs> oh. Cause they like it just teaching. supplements your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Because it gives you what you want. Now I've had people say that and then actually quit. Yeah, yeah that's about what I'm that, thinking about that teaching. Yeah, so Easy. not coming to work tomorrow. <laughs> but so it, it really depends on your lifestyle where you want where you want to be at. Right. For me, I wanted to run a multi million dollar company, so we do between like seven and twelve deals a month sometimes. Okay. And you know that's where we at. And we're we're not a we're not the largest. You know, we got guys across the country doing way more deals than that. But my overhead's pretty thin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we have a good lifestyle doing what we do. So what would be the pr- obviously depends on the market, but like in your market, mm-hmm. what's the profit margin on an average deal for our you? Our average deal is thirteen three. Thirteen thousand so, three hundred. Yeah, we track our KPIs pretty well. Mm-hmm. What's KPI? What does that mean? Key um, performance indicators. So you're you're you need to know. I need to know how much money I'm spending to get a deal, right? How many calls do I need to make to get a yes, right? And then did you start to get an average? How much money do I spend on this marketing effort before it turns into an appointment? How many appointments do I go on before it turns into a contract? And if you know your numbers in your business, and this is any business, then you can scale. So you're doing 13,000 a, a, a deal. You're yeah. doing 13 of those a month. So mm-hmm. it's like 100. Well, 160? our top end's 12, right? Between 7 and 12 deals a month. So we're average around like 10. Let's say if you do 10, yeah. so you're talking about 130,000 130, yeah. a month. A month, yeah. Good calendar. Yeah. Uh, um, it's a good month. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what is assignments? Now, you have the cash buyer, you have assi- assignments. Assignment is essentially you have that original contract with the, the, the seller, and you're going to assign your contract to that person. So let me give you an example. So let's just say you pull up, we're sitting over at the bodega. I'm in New York, I can use those words. Right? Yeah, that's a fact. You that's sit at the fact. bodega and you pull up and you be like, yo, Max, I'm out of here, bro. I'm going to live in Vegas. You know I just got this new Mercedes right here. 
I don't want it. I paid cash for it. I paid a hundred thousand for it. I got it two years ago. Yo, give me forty five thousand cash. You can have this. That's a brand new S five fifty. You take that, right? <laughs> so, do I have the money sitting at the bodega? Nah, but I know my man down here got a used car dealership. So I said, all right, meet me back here Friday with the money. I'm gonna have the money for you. It's Monday, so I ain't got the money, but I'm gonna go get it, right? Because it's important. So I'm gonna go hit you up and say, yo, you know, I got a 2018 S550 for fifty thousand dollars for Friday, but you gotta buy it Friday. My man said, cool, I'll bring you the money Friday. All right, meet me at the bodega. You meet me at the bodega date with 50. You said you wanted 40, 45. I'm going to hand you the money. You're going to hand me the keys. I'm going to hand you the keys. You're going to give me, I got the middle part. You go sell it because that's your job. Your business is selling cars. You wash it up. You clean it. Put some tire shine on it. Stick it on the car lot for 75000 It's still a deal. And you made 5000 I made 5000 you on a plane to Vegas because you just sick and tired of New York life. Yeah. And you just su- supplementing your business. You just made a profit by investing your money. So, this is interesting. So, I signed my contract to him that I had with you. Now, when I signed that contract with you yeah. for Friday, between Monday and Friday, what can you do with that car? That's what it said. Nothing. You couldn't sell it because if yeah. you sold it, I would have sued you for specific performance of a contract. So you couldn't, you already said to me, yo, I, all right, Friday, I'm going to, I wrote a, wrote a contract. You're going to, you're going to give me that car on Friday and I'm going to pay you the X amount. Now, you you, a, do you keep an attorney with you or are you just writing these contracts? How does this work? Once you have a standard template contract, yeah. you have it, but this is real estate. Like, you know, nobody going to run off with the house, mm. right? But the people know that, you know, you made an agreement and here's what, here's what happens when you, when, when you pulled up with that car and we signed that contract, this is one part I did forget. We have what they call a, uh, I gave you consideration on that contract, which means money. So when we signed that contract, I was like, yo, here go $100, hold on to that. And now I'm gonna get you the rest of the money Friday. Mm-hmm. So now you accepted this 100 bucks for Once this contract. Now me and you on a valid contract with actual consideration, right? Now, typically on real estate contracts, you have what you call a due diligence period. And usually at $100 in my market will buy you 10 days. So I know from the day I signed the contract with you on your house, I got 10 days to go out and find a buyer. If I can't find a buyer by the seventh, I'm gonna know in 24 hours, cause mm-hmm. I'm gonna shoot the property out. If I can't find a buyers, I'm gonna call you up. And, hey man, um, you know, I missed something on that house. Either we're gonna renegotiate or we are going to just cancel the contract. How do you find a buyer? Well. I- they they sharks. They have to spend money. I was I was just thought about something. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but all business is kind of the same. So this these kind of business principles are very relatable. So from this is how I'm understanding it from my thirty minute education so far. <laughs> the easiest way to go would to be there's people that buy homes, there's real estate investors, right? That That's their job. And but they may not necessarily have time or they don't want to knock on doors and cold call and all that. So now you, as essentially the broker in this situation, you're doing that work that they don't want to do, but they kind of need you and you need them. So you establish relationships with big time real estate investors in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You call them with deals. Look, I got this property, da, 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 da. You establish good relationships with with them and they kind of become reoccurring clients. It makes your job easier because now you're not just winging it, trying to just find Find random people. You develop strong relationships. It makes their job easier because they're not just winging it, trying to find random properties. They they trust you because they know that you've established (coughs) good relationships and you know good properties, you know good pricing. You bring in a correct? Yeah, you bring in a consistent product. They need to spend money. That's how they make their money. They decided to be on that side of the equation. They don't want to go, and that's why this business takes no money because all it takes is hustle. It didn't cost you nothing to go knock on that door or ride down the street. But once you have that house, now you need to be in relationships where you find people that that. When you when you started, yeah, how did you develop the relationship to get a buyer? I put it on Facebook Marketplace. That was, that was it. Yeah, and okay. the guy called his wife called me. Okay, and then the, that weekend he he agreed to buy it. So. Do you have like a team of investors in your neighbor in your area now that you kind of like work with on a continuous basis? I'm about six hundred. 
600. So how do you like email blast it out to people? Email blast and text blast. So okay. we use MailChimp to send out emails and we sell this uh, send out. We use callloop.com to send out a blast text message. Are they like fighting over the deal sometimes? Oh yeah, that's what you want, a frenzy. Yeah. So you don't want to come buddy buddy with no investor. No, it can't nah, be too close. Because I'm in a marketplace. Business is business. Yeah. So you you say you're going to give me 50, but you say 52. That's where I'm going. <laughs> right? Everybody got to eat. <laughs> Everybody got to eat. All facts. This is dope. This is actually pretty dope. This I got, is actually pretty dope. Now for the closing. I got a question. I saw this in in, in, in uh, one of your videos. A double closing. I've never heard that yeah. before. What What is a double closing? So essentially, um, people are not, not good with setting expectations. I like to say with the buyer or seller, with your client. Mm-hmm they don't know that you are gonna make profit from this this deal, or sometimes the profit is too much. Now, I will say not all the time. Sometimes the profit is just too much. So a double close is where you said, let's just say that house down the street we're talking about, instead of 30, you got it for 10,000, mm-hmm. right? And now you're selling it to the end, the, the, now you're selling it to the flipper for 50,000. So you're making a 40,000 spread. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you don't have the right buyers, they may be like, I'm not paying you 50,000. You got it for 10, right? But the numbers really work for him, but he's not giving you that. So sometimes you go ahead and use transactional funding to close on that first 10,000 and then turn around the next minute and sell it to my guy over here. But what happens is on a HUD sheet, which is a, uh, a sheet that everybody has to use to close a property, it's gonna say what you bought it for. But if you do a double close, he's never going to see that side of the transaction. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I tell people never really, I've never done one. Okay. Right. So it's not really needed, um, especially if you, you just got to set a good expectation. If you have good cash buyers, and this is one of my things I say to cash buyers, if I find a property for a dollar and the numbers work for you at a hundred thousand, would you be upset with me making a $99,000 fee? And if they say yes, kick them out. Because when you change your mindset, you realize money is not a limited thing. When I started to think that I had to get these properties because, you know, you got money. When I when I changed it and said, there's guys out here that if they don't flip houses, they don't eat. Mm. They need me. You know, so I no longer look at some money as a limited, you know, commodity. Hmm. Attorney state versus title state. What's the difference with that? Uh, let me see. New York is a attorney state and North Carolina is an attorney state. So so in states you have two ways you can close a real estate transaction title companies which essentially do the title research and look up the property make sure it's free and clear are called title states they're Mm -hmm. actual companies and then you have attorney states where only attorneys are allowed to close real estate transactions and north carolina and new york is an attorney state Mm. Um, i believe uh philly is a a, a title company state and baltimore is a baltimore what's the process of setting up um, a closing with the title company. Yeah, so once you get that first contract with the homeowner, yeah. you're going to send the contract to the title company or attorney and tell them to start uh, title search. And all title search does is to make sure the property is owned free and clear. Like no liens or anything? No liens, no encumbrances on the property, and that it can be transferred uh, smoothly to the new owner. And then once they do that, then once you have that paperwork and you're out finding your buyer, then you call them and say, hey, look, I have an assignment of that contract I gave you. Mm-hmm. And all they're going to do is switch your name with the new buyer's name and your fee is written on that contract. And at the closing, you're going to get your money and then the seller's going to get their money and the, the buyer's going to walk away with the property. And, and the contract depends on each state. It's different. Con- like yeah, tip, yeah, typically it's, it's different each but state. Once you, once you have one, it's like a template. That yeah, you, it's template. you keep filling it out. Yeah. All right, so we're going to close it out in the next segment. But once again, free education. One thing I like about Earn Your Leisure is that it's a really um, cool platform because um, you get to learn. Like, from not, it's not just, it's one thing to learn from somebody that can just Google something. But when you learn from somebody that you can know if somebody's actually know what they're talking about, like somebody's actually doing it in real time, it's like mentorship almost. It's like free mentorship. It's better than free education. It's free mentorship. By far. It's cool because, like, we get to see people people request pe- that they want to see on and then like we get to learn about the people and then they come and it's like wow this is amazing like we're learning too like right now i love this man <laughs> like i wish there was more of this i love this yeah no it's turned into a whole different it's turned into something that we we never even really thought it would, it would get to <laughs> Straight because up. it's like like i said this is actually better than education this is this is free mentorship it's game. and um 
Really yeah, appreciate that, man. You, yeah. you just gave a lot of good information for sure. So, all right, we're going to close it out in the last segment. All right, so we're going to close it out. We're going to talk about some some branding stuff and mindset. But before we do, I just had a couple of closing questions about the, um, the real estate business. So, all right. So how much money? You don't really need any money to get started, but I guess you kind of need some money mm-hmm. for like to pay for these apps and to pay for like postcards. And so like if somebody just wanted to get started today, right? Realistically, how much money would they actually need in operational cost to get up and running? To go for like a month, maybe like three or four hundred bucks. Um, because when for the you, whole month? Yeah, because when you download Deal Machine, you don't need to pay for postcards. I'm not telling you to send postcards. I'm saying it has that function. Mm. I just need you to go around snapping pictures of these properties and then go on a computer and download the actual property list that you found and then upload those to Skip Trace and the REI Skip. Yeah. And then now you have those numbers for 15 cents a piece. And now everybody got a cell phone, so I'm not counting that. And then you make those phone calls. And once they take that picture, that stays in the database. It stays in the database, yeah. Oh. Nice. All right. So what's anything like pitfalls that people should be aware of um, in regards to yeah, wholesaling? Common, common mistakes, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, common mistakes is people get... Uh, so real estate is uh, Rashana Scott. Actually, I know her pretty well. I was talking to her before I got here. She posted something and said, real estate is not emotional, right? So take out the emotion that you want to make this money because it's about numbers, right? If the numbers don't work, the numbers don't work. Don't force it. Don't walk into a house and tell me there's $10,000 in repairs. No such thing. I, mean, I can fix some steps for $10,000, <laughs> right? So you got to be careful that your emotion is not making you make decisions that don't make sense. So, you know, really, and, and, and don't think this is a get-rich-quit scheme. Don't do that. Like, this is not that. that let's not do that. This is a wealth-building thing. And you got to really be obsessed and really put some time behind this. Like, I don't watch sports anymore. Mm. I haven't watched the fo- down of football in three years. I haven't, um, I don't really listen to radio. I'm podcast. Mm. So like, I don't listen to much music or anything like that. I, I, I read a lot in my time to be a better person. Um, so you need to spend that actual time in actual being obsessed with something. And once you become obsessed with something, you ain't got no choice but to be good at it. Mm. Yeah, I heard you say that. You were like, listen, I get in the car, I'm listening to podcast. Mm-hmm. I stopped listening to music. I'm like, wow. That's tough. Yeah, it's a brainwash. I yeah. mean, that's how I found you guys' podcast. Yeah. Just t- searching now, stuff. Once you become obsessed, I'm, I, I like that a lot. Once you become obsessed with something, you have no choice but to become good at it. That's yeah. tr- it's true. Yeah. Like, even with this thing, like, I'm obsessed with it. Like, we're all <laughs> obsessed with it, but, like, I'm really obsessed with it. Like, they know, like, I won't sleep. I won't, no, sometimes no. I won't eat. Yeah, you know, when I first started this business, I would grind my teeth at night. I don't know how many people experience this, but my body did not want me to sleep because it was like I found the magic button, Yeah. right? So sleeping was a hard thing to do and I would grind my teeth at night and I would wake up with like sore teeth. So I had to go to the, the mm. store and buy a mouth guard to sleep with at night. I always say for me personally, like as a business owner, entrepreneur, somebody that's really doing something, either you're going to bed late like myself, like three o'clock in the morning or you're going to bed early, but you're waking up at like four o'clock. Yeah. If you're not doing one of those two things, like if you go to bed early and you wake up late, I can't trust you. Yeah. I can't trust you. Yeah. Because that <laughs> lets me know you're sleeping too good. If you sleep good, I can't trust you. You know what I'm saying? That's you, true. You're not, you're not right. tired. You're not tired. Yeah. I tell you, I tell everybody, like Ernie Leisure does not sleep. I know Charlie's up at night. Yeah. I know I'm waking up at 5 30, 5 o'clock in the morning. We don't Ernie Leisure doesn't sleep. Yeah. At I all. mean, that's just it's, and then you don't mind it though. It doesn't yeah. become a thing. You don't just like yo. Yeah. It's just part you know what's, of what what's interesting is that the people they like they ask the how like how are you doing it? And I'm like you don't understand. Like I can I see the impact. We we're obsessed with that. Like yeah. nah nah. We there's no time to sleep. We'll sleep later. No time for that. So one thing I like about you is that it's not just real estate. What you 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 like you have you always see a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So you we talk about like you really branded yourself well. Like so yeah. You talk about that, like what? When did you realize that you need to brand you, yourself, your business, bigger than just whole? You could have just made a lot of money wholesaling, but you have yeah. a bigger vision than that. Like, so when I started, I didn't when I when I did my first conference, we call it We Live, which means wholesaling elite live. Mm-hmm. When I did that in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, one of my mentors uh, was there for the. He was closing the show Sunday, and he so he got to see Friday and Saturday. And um, he came down 
Sunday before he spoke, and he was like, he said, uh, you know, I sat in the bed last night, and I was, start, I was crying to my wife. I was like, what happened? He was like, what you have done, the impact you're making on these people. I'm looking at 430 people in this room mm. that's that look like you, that's, that's like all intrigued, eyes wide open, ready to get game. And that, from that day forward, we really started branding ourselves on purpose. Mm. Everything else was kind of like just happened. It was just the, 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 the energy. And then, so I started branding myself on purpose because I wanted to get the word out. And, um, you know, one of my mentors, Gary V, I see y'all met him at Complex. Yeah. Um, it was a moment. Shout yeah. Out, shout out to yeah, Gary Shout out to Gary V. He was like, just give it away, give it away, give it away. And that's what I became good at, was just giving away the information. I got called from people that was, that I looked up into this industry, literally phone calls. It was like, what are you doing? You're giving away this game. You know, those people make millions and millions of dollars being a coach, but don't actually do this business. Mm. So hey, I'm not hating. You get your money out the mud. I don't care what, how you get it. It's your thing. But I seen it as a way, you know, I was just telling y'all, like, you know, if you were if you were overweight and you found this fruit that, that made you lose weight, you're going to tell everybody about it. You don't want to sell it. You're going to tell everybody about it. You know, so because it brought you so much joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was just when I started branding myself and realizing, then I started I was like, this is it. I got my first YouTube check. I remember it was like $214. And I was like, oh, this is real. <laughs> really? How similar, similar money? feeling. Similar feeling. And then, uh, <laughs> then we started creating content more and more and more. I spent money to be in the same room as Gary Vee, started following his model. And um, it's, the true, it's the true next way to be a billionaire is having a brand. But you can't force it. Right? It's either you got it or you don't. Yeah. So, you know, I would say make sure you got your bag first and then try to build what you need to build. But your brand is, is the next big thing. I make more money on my brand than I do in real estate. A lot of people won't tell you that in this business. Mm. I make considerably probably five times as much more from, from active wholesaling to my, my brand. And, and with that brand, like what's the revenue from the, like streams like you have, like, uh, cause you don't have, of course, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah we you have said a, you turned down TV. Deal. So what's your, yeah. what's your, how does your brand make you money? <clears throat> we have partnerships with a lot of products that we use. Um, once I built brand the, partnerships, yeah. Once I built the audience, people wanted the attention from the audience that we had. So we do brand deals with a lot of people. So that's in the probably the tunes of like two million. Mm. Um, we built products for ourselves in office that really worked, and we told the public about it, and that's probably like another. Four million in, in in revenue from products and uh, speaking engagements. You know we're at like twenty twenty five thousand engagement now. So those things uh, really help. And then not only it builds credibility with with having the credibility and people watching me do flips and do all this stuff like that because I do flips. Mm-hmm. I have rentals. I'm buying an apartment complex tomorrow. Actually, um, you start to get that private money a lot faster people start to trust you mm. right because they know it's real i'm not going to ruin my reputation over no two hundred thousand dollars you know that's a weekend so we're not, <laughs> we're, not we're not about to do that over here so um, don't let that go over your head yeah we can have bernie so our brand is powerful yeah. like like it's it's, it's it's real powerful i mean look at that story where with kylie jenner yeah. Did yeah, y'all see that? Yeah. She just remember y'all remember y'all had a podcast yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she just sold 60, 51% percent of it. Yeah, she's forty nine percent older now. Well, it'll be done next year. And she sold it for six hundred million? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like now she's worth one point four billion or something like that. Yeah. But she got she got cash though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell Before twenty two. I mean different. The, the brand is always is, is, is that's one thing I even said about this. Like people asking, like, how did Earn Your Leisure start? I mm-hmm. get that question a lot, and I was telling them, I tell people the same story all the time that my original plan, honestly, to be in full transparency, my original plan for the podcast was just to keep building my own personal brand. Mm-hmm. I'm a financial advisor, so I was building my own personal. Makes sense. Yeah, I thought I thought this would be a good way to have extended dialogue to keep building my own personal brand, but this became bigger than my personal brand. Yeah. A brand's always going to be bigger than your own personal vision. That's mm-hmm. what people don't understand. So a lot of times people just have selfish motivation and it's human nature. You always want yourself 
to be the biggest thing. Even though your brand technically is yourself, but people don't really look at it like that. So they push yeah. themselves, but you can yeah. only push yourself so far. Yeah. But a brand, Nike is bigger than Phil Knight, but Phil Knight is Nike. So Nike can never really be bigger than Phil Knight because he is Nike. Yeah. But he's not tripping like Phil Knight has to do this. Those yeah. checks come through. Oh, those checks are coming. Regardless. Exactly. Yeah, I, I like Straight that. to Phil Knight. Exactly. <laughs> you, you said, like, even when you talk, you can hear it. You say we, and you say, oh, even though you're Max Maxwell, you're saying we. How many a, people are part of the team? Oh, I have a team, man. Without them, like, I got 14 employees. Um, full time? Yeah, all full time. Four of them work strictly just on my brand. Mm. You know, I spent a lot of money on it now. Um, I mean, we just bought a lot of new equipment for a new set that we're doing to put out a new show. Mm. Um, like YouTube show? Yeah, yeah, we're putting out a new YouTube show. Um, I, I'll be honest, I, I, I really love the show Impact Theory. Um, from from uh, Tom Billu. Okay. Um, I check that out. So it's about it's what he speaks a lot on mine, but I want to put that twist on it. So you know, I just want to put out talk more about entrepreneurship, and we just built a brand new set. Um, I got a crazy team in Carolina. Yeah, I got. No, we we've been getting a lot of requests. Y'all, y'all to gotta come, come down. Y'all come no, down. Gotta come down for sure. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I gotta show y'all the. Studio. How far are you from from um from Charlotte? Hour and twenty minutes. All right, we're going to come down and rock with yeah. you, and then we're going to do something in Charlotte. Because I yeah. think Charlotte's People, our biggest market. North Carolina's been like, yo, yeah, I got to come to North Carolina. We should do something together. In, in 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. I get, like, tomorrow we'll do something. We'll have 250, 300 people come out. Yeah, we do something. Yeah, sure. we got it. We're coming. Shout out Carolina, to, we're shout coming. Shout out to North Carolina. Yeah. We're coming. Shout out to North Carolina. Um, nah, this is dope, man. I really, really, really enjoyed this episode a lot. I always enjoy episodes where we learn. I think people's really going to be... Because it's, 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 it's a realistic story. And that's yeah. why I think a, a lot of, most of our guests come from humble beginnings. So it's like, what's your excuse? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, what's your excuse? It's like, if you can do it from having dyslexia, we didn't even talk about that, but having dyslexia yeah. and being a war veteran and having a negative $400 to running a multi-million dollar business in three years. Yeah, this, this ride is going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, even so, even when you say that, when I'm listening to you say that, I'm, I'm it's crazy that you talk about me. <laughs> Yo, because <laughs> it's, it's still so brand new. It's still so brand new. It's so brand new. Like I don't like. It's just, yo, it's brand. It's just different. It's different. Like for me to be able to come here, I, we just spent sixteen thousand dollars on new cameras. That's crazy. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a car. No, but you know that's hell with the money. It's like I can do that. Yeah, it's a feeling, you know. So like, and it's still so brand new. So I, for me, it's like a, it's all humbling, man. And and like the most important thing for me is like my mom is good. Mm. Like I'm cool now. Like yeah. my mom is great. So I think like, you know, because I'm not married, I don't have no kids. So my my why is my mother, right? You know how Jamaican parents are. They they, they sacrifice so much. Oh, and even just to be able to be born in America. Yeah. It was a big sacrifice. Yeah. So they're gonna remind you of it too. Yeah, every day. <laughs> but uh, I'm gladly reminded of it now. So, you know, just, just having those that why that for me was my mother, man. No, I appreciate that, man. Powerful, Anything man. you wanna um tell the public, make the public aware of how to follow you or any initiatives or YouTube or anything like that that you want? Uh, please follow me on YouTube. Uh just search Max Maxwell. Give me a follow, put that bell on. Uh, follow me on Instagram too. I'm I'm almost at a hundred thousand followers. Not that it matters, but you know, what's, it's your, a, what's your Instagram, Max Maxwell, right? Uh, yeah. uh, you, so if you search Max Maxwell, but it's it's the real Maxwell. The real Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah. The real Maxwell. The real Maxwell. I think okay. it's like 97 something. We're going to get, yeah. it's going to be at 100,000. I need that. Oh, after, after this episode. After this episode, it's going to be 100,000. I need that. We're going to go live with it. We did a hundred. Nah, once, <laughs> once again, man, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Troy, house, housekeeping. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Y'all know that's our Proud to Pay program. Uh, we have five tiers. Um, and if you're at tier four and five, you know that you are giving access to Earn Your Leisure uh, University, EYL University. And uh, we drop something every week, man. Monday we have our uh, Rants and Gems with Matt. We have our weekly webinars on Wednesdays. And, you know, Shadi and I, we, we get on there. I'm not sure we, what day we're going to do. Thursday. We're going to do Thursdays going forward. Um, and so, EY, um, EYL Espanol. And it, that's coming. In, two, in 2020, EY, EYL Espanol is on its way. So EYL University is, is a thing. So if you're on Patreon and you're tier four or five, you already know you have access to that. And if you're not, that's cool too. We got uh, bonus clips. We got the episodes released early uh, with no ads. And a lot of people, like, they hit us up like, yo, man, I can't wait for the world to hear this episode. This, y'all got another classic. So it's dope. 
to get the preview of what people think before we put it out to the world. So shout out to everybody on Patreon.com and everybody that's been supporting our merch on uh, EarnYourLeisure.com. You know, we got our hoodies uh, in all flavors uh, and we got uh, we got some new merch that's dropping too. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, for sure. The merch is, is, is popping right now. And uh, don't forget DC, December 7th, December 8th, we're coming. We're coming to the DMV. Not just D.C., uh, PG County, Baltimore, Virginia, everybody in the area. Come, come out. kick it with us. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to Rashana Scott. She's going to be talking about real estate. Uh, we're going to have MG the mortgage guy there. He's going to talk about real estate as well. What's, what's, your, what's your calendar looking like? Uh, I was just looking at him. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, I'm going to yeah. be there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there. Nah, oh, done. done. Sure. I think we leave for the Philippines on the 11th, so we'll, we'll be there. <laughs> oh, there it there is. There it is. It. Yo, pull up, yo. Added. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, come network with us, man. We got Wall Street Trap. It's going to be a whole party, Oh, man. my gosh. We're going to have Derek Falcon from Homemade. I'm pretty sure he'll pop up on oh. us. I have, I think that for the networking event, we're going to have, um, we're going to have a few, we're going to have a few people. We're gonna have this a few is going to be serious. Yeah. We're going to have a few fun. people, man. So make sure that you, um, you come through for that. All the information is on our website, on the events tab. And the, the book tip of this week is the People's Principle. I read this book a few um, years back. It's on Don Q. Peebles. People may not know who he is, but yeah. he's um, he's huge. He's, he's a That's black crazy. real estate um, developer. Damn. He used to own the hotel in uh, Miami that we stayed at. What was the name of that? Which one? Fountain Blue? No, no, not Fountain uh -oh. Blue. It was by Fountain Blue. No, no, one by the Lowe's. It was by the Lowe's. I forget the name of it, but um, oh, man, he owns a hotel in Miami on the Strip, but... Um, yeah, he's a he's a very interesting guy. So if you're interested, and he's from DC also. Yeah, we had him on our list. Remember, like when we were first coming up with ideas of people we want. Yeah, he was right on our list. It's still on my computer. So uh, yeah, check that book out if you're interested in, in hearing a good story and interested in real estate for sure. Um, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.